This episode of the Mother Loving Future Show is brought to you by Amber Lestrange and Jenna Penrose with JMO 5000 Productions. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, morning, morning. Jenna. Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show, everyone. Hi. We are so happy you're all with us today. And I'm particularly happy that I have two of my most favorite people in the entire world sitting opposite me today, my parents-in-law. Hi, guys. You really got lucky with these two. Oh, my gosh. I I always gloat to Carrie. I'm like, you know, I only married you to get to your parents, right? He's like, yeah, I know. No, honestly, my best manifestation yet. So today's episode, A Toolkit to Everlasting Love, we have called in Matt and and Tersi, also known as Tutu. And funny grandpa. <laughs> funny grandpa? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Funny Real grandpa funny. and Tutu, those yeah. are your official names? <laughs> yes. Or Matt and Tutu. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> and um, I called them in today because they are my mentors in so many ways and inspire me endlessly, but particularly in what they represent in the realm of love and relationship. So um, before we kick off, do you want to do a little family tradition of ours? sharing what we're grateful for. Sure. It's such a sweet little tradition we do at the beginning of every meal. And so I thought, why not kick today's episode off with mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Okay. Sounds good. Do, who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Mm. Of course so, you do. Uh, Expert. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see here. What I'm grateful for is I'm grateful for, yeah, just the creativity that flows through all people and the opportunity to be able to see and acknowledge that creativity as it expresses in, in particular, the two of you, mm-hmm. but really as it expresses in um, all beings everywhere, and to really acknowledge, promote, celebrate, and encourage that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Blown away by that one. A tough <laughs> act to follow. Matt, you're going to have um, to be next. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Take it away, funny uh, grandpa. I'm grateful that... Um, that I have found, that I've made my life, I am making my life about um, the beloved and God and that that every day I get to die to anything else. Fantastic. Nice. Oh, no, I'm next. Now the pressure's on you okay. too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me get present to what I'm really grateful in this moment. Um, it's just the mirrors in my life. I feel so grateful that I've called in the most inspiring, expansive mirrors for me to learn from and to bounce off. That includes you, Jenna. Love you guys. Thank you. All very good ones. Let's see. I'm grateful for so much, so much, so many things. Um, I'll just say that I am one thing I'm grateful for is just to be able to be embodied right now and watch like this consciousness blooming and watch us rising up in, um, in love and 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 standing for that, and that I get to be witness to to you three, and to, uh, you know, to hopefully try to embody that myself, and I'm grateful. All right, great. How do we do? Is that good? Yeah, that's okay, good. excellent. And if whoever's listening, feel free to take this on. It's such mm. a beautiful way to stay present to love and to be, you know, grateful is the gateway to love, I guess. So And to shift any negative thought loops or anything negative that's happening in your mind to just go towards a gratitude declaration is yeah. a good, almost like a mantra, wouldn't you say? Kind yeah, of? it's it's super powerful. So simple, but so powerful. Tutu and I both have a little gratitude journal mm-hmm. called, what's it called again? Um... Uh, uh, the mm, 10 minute 
five minute journal. Oh, that's five right. Minute the daily five journal. minute journal. That's yeah. it. So and good. it's a gratitude journal. And every morning we do a little scribble and afternoon. And it's such a brilliant way to just set your day in yep. a positive mind frame and open your heart for the day. And then wrap it up at the end of the day. Yeah. It's really good. You two are two peas in a pod. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, a little twinsy. Okay, really so twins. let's do a little intro for Matt and Tutu. So Matt and Tercy are 16 years deep into marriage. Clap, spiritual clap. Spiritual clap. Okay. <laughs> and since they met in Landmark Education, they have created many exciting, successful endeavors, such as the birth of organic and plant-based restaurants, Cafe Gratitude and Gracias Madre. If you live in LA and you don't know Cafe Gratitude and Gracias Madre, get out from under your rock yeah. and go <laughs> have some medicine yeah. in LA. I know. They live and tend to be love. They live on and tend to be love farm. Of course, it's called be love farm. I love you guys. Which are, which is a regenerative agricultural farm. They have written and published six books. Manny just threw that number out there, but I've got a feeling it could be more. Six books. And have designed and led three workshops that train and empower others to live lives that matter. They have created a, a business model called Sacred Commerce, which is the foundation of their successful enterprise. And also managed to fit in their main priority, which is bring, being grandparents to 11 grandchildren. Eleven. <laughs> Oh, man, that's very successful. Although extremely successful in all their pursuits, no journey has been more rewarding than that of their love, which is why we have them on with us today, spilling their secrets on how to cultivate everlasting love. All right, no pressure, guys. And we know we know everyone wants to know the secrets to that. So <laughs> I do. I'm still I trying know, to work I'm, them out. I'm listening. <laughs> okay, all ears. Jenna, do you want to hit it's us with the definition? Though, right, Jenna, because you might say they want to know, they want to know it. Mm-hmm. But then do they want to actually go to work? And no, of course not. Mm-hmm. It's way too hard. <laughs> That's a very good distinction. Can't yeah, we just listen to like an audiobook and then have all the answers? And yeah, right. No, I know. I wish. <laughs> so it is a process of embodiment, it sounds like. All right. Well, here's my definition for what it's worth and might be worth nothing, but here we go. Um, everlasting love is something we often hear about, but less often see true embodied examples of. What is the secret to a sustainable love relationship that includes a joint mission, a successful family unit, a long-lasting romance, and a fulfilling partnership? Today, we will hear from such a couple and try to extract their secrets. (laughs) 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 All right. We're going to kick off with the first question, which is, what is your definition of love? And how has this definition changed over the course of your life and multiple marriages between you both? Um, Let's see, I'll go first. So I would say my definition of love is willing the best for another person. So it's, yeah, it's really wanting the best for them. And how has that definition changed? Well, you know, I grew up in the 50s, so I grew up in the Cinderella, Prince Charming era. And, you know, I always thought that love was going to be, you know, just as, Romantic. I always thought I'd get married once, be married forever, be my Prince Charming. And yeah, so I definitely had a very kind of lopsided romantic view of love. And um, yeah, and I would say what I have learned, this may be another question, but I would say what I have learned over the years and the marriages has been that, um, you know, love 
has a way of asking everything of you, which if you sit with that for a minute and it's like, oh, wait, do I want to give everything? everything? But it's so it can give everything to you. But you have to give everything, give everything, to get everything first. <laughs> nice. Wow. It's good, actually. Yeah. That's a great definition. I know. It's brilliant. Mm -hmm. So my uh, I have a bunch of definitions, but one that I'm present to right now is that love is being present and fully engaged with what one, what, with one, what one is perceiving and at the same time being a request to serve. Mm. So imagine, just think about it for a second. You're completely here and now with whatever's in front of you and being a request to serve. Mm -hmm. Unconditionally. Yeah. Yeah, that can be difficult, can't it? <laughs> or another, another definition might be that love is the experience of God within. Mm. I hear that. Both of those are great. Good one oh, too. These are such great definitions, guys, and unusual. Do you know? Not the typical definitions. I think most yeah. people grow up with that idea of the fairy tale yeah, definition of, of love. I mean, it still exists today, and you know, the fairy. I mean, even if you just look at all the children's movies and mm -hmm. all, and Beauty and the Beast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you yeah. think that's why love breaks down so often? Because we're aiming for something that's kind of um, out of reach. Yeah, out of well, reach. Yeah, I, I don't even know that it's out of reach. I think there are people who probably have great romantic love experiences. I just don't know that they get the fulfillment that they think, you know. So, I, I, you know, I don't know that. But I would say I, I think the reason that it breaks down is because we're designed to love and be loved. But you actually, in my view, it, you, you need to know how loved you are. You need to know how loved you are before you have access to that love. So we keep looking for it quote unquote in all the wrong places like we keep looking for it in other things instead of getting that it's actually the core of who we are and how we best love is we come from the overpouring of that divine love that lives in each of us mm. but you have to get that you're loved and we have a lot of resistance to that I can't quote Paul in Corinthians but he he spells it out very well and one of the things he says is love never Fails. Never, <laughs> never keeps records. Yeah, it doesn't mm -hmm. keep any so, record of right or wrong. Mm -hmm. Never keeps records of the past. Mm -hmm. So if, you, if you're in any relationship, if you're bringing up the past and say you did this, that's not love. Most people, what they think love is, is expectation mm -hmm. or it, it, it's completely conditional. And love only loves for the sake of the consciousness of love. Mm -hmm. it, it is not a manipulation. It, it, I, the idea of saying, well, I'm, I'm saying I love you to get I love you, that's not love. Mm -hmm. That's something else. So love is for its own reward for its own sake. And it hones itself with sacrifice. How you hone, how you sharpen love in your life is through service and sacrifice. There is no love without sacrifice. That, again, is something else. Mm. Love and, is hard work. Yeah, there's a, well, we, there's a word that this age, this age of the millennials don't like. You guys, uh, my guilty. my generation doesn't like it either. But obedience, to be obedient to love, 
mm-hmm. is a big deal. It's it's constantly falling on the sword of humility. Constantly, mm-hmm. it's a op, love is mystical death in action. You're di- always dying to your ego, mm-hmm. and so um, most people don't want to do that work. So it's uncomfortable. It's just like as it's Matthew honest. says. You know, you have to die to something. That is the love asks everything of you. That mm-hmm. is the death. That is the death expression. But it asks everything of you so it can give everything to mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. But but we just, we have a hard time. We struggle with that. I think we, we want to get before we give. Yeah. So how did you guys get this concept on love? How, where did you find this? Because this isn't, as we've established, this isn't just... A typical a, definition that yeah. you hear every day. So where did you discover this? Well, I, mean, I, I mean, I think it comes from years, yes, right? So I can remember my children asking me why after, I think, uh, two, maybe three divorces, right? My children asked me, Mom, why do you keep pursuing love like why do you keep I said listen I'm learning I'm learning I'm learning to love but I would say for me you know again it's you know my pathway came through you know abuse addiction recovery restoration you know so I think life I think life is a powerful lesson for learning to love if you'll let it be right? You can certainly be a victim of something mm-hmm. or you can operate from your past or just your inherited view of life. Um, I think it's, you know, the willingness to continue invest in, investing in and mm-hmm. growing. Um, you know, for us, it's been certainly not just our relationship, but also the building of a business and love is the core of our business model. So what does that mean and how do you do that with you know, 700 and some, or over the years, thousands of young people. How do you do that? It's really amazing what you guys have manifested. So, you know, and and then for me, it's, you know, for me, Jesus is the most powerful teacher of love. Jesus Mm -hmm. stepped into a world um, at a time where there was just, you know, the law and and the failure and the resistance and the rebellion to the law. And, And when Jesus said, no, no, love isn't just loving the people you love, love is loving your enemy. I just got chills when you like, said that. Love your enemy. Oh. Like imagine a world where we actually loved those that hate us. Mm. And that's just, uh, for me, that's always been the most powerful teacher. And so I've just continued to pursue that in, you know, biblical teachings, writings, communities, just, I want to love like that. I'm just reading, I just read a book, Love Like That, and I highly recommend it. Wow. Jesus is a a good mentor for that. Um, This won't be a very popular thing to say, but... (laughs) We love it. Bring it on. I love it already. You know, the... You know, someone says, my therapist says, I'm not getting my needs met in this relationship. (laughs) And... uh, Crickets? (laughs) and uh the thing is love has no needs love has no needs so if you're coming from i'm not getting my needs met you're not coming from love actually you're coming from egoic Ego. ego and we made a deal a while back that because make, kind of get trying to get my needs met is kind of a boring life it's way more fun to have her get her needs. i'll take care of her needs and she'll take care of my needs. I, like, I agree with that. That's yeah. a game, a fun game. Um, but ultimately, love has no needs. 
And so it's always looking, doing the inner work to seeing where's that need coming from? Mm. Is that coming from love? Is that my being? Or is that a contaminated part of me called the ego that always wants to distract Mm -hmm. us from love? Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're not pre, this is my personal opinion. If you're, if if I'm not present to the spiritual warfare, in other words, the tug internally between love and ego, or love mm-hmm. and my needs and my mm-hmm. getting my sensations and my, if I'm not present to that, I'm asleep. Mm-hmm. I'm Speaking if you're language. if you're awake, you're you're constantly at that edge of love trying to usurp. Uh, Ego or ignorance or the or vice versa. And if you're not present to that battle, then you're asleep. And We're asleep. So, and so to respond, Amber, to what you said earlier about it's difficult or it's hard. So I think that's part of what we actually have backwards in our culture is... We live like we actually think that the way we're living is somehow easier mm. than fighting on behalf of love. It's, That's the illusion it's that the keeps illusion. us. Look at our priorities see, mixed it's, up. It's really what an honor to fight on behalf of love. What an honor. Well, yeah, what that's amazing. Not everyone has that freedom, right? Mm. Like what an honor to be able to fight on behalf of love. So if we start to see that as that's the highest calling, like you know, when we're told, like, keep keep God first, keep love first. So that's the that's the honor, not the difficult part. It's actually much more difficult to live a life in fear mm-hmm. or in, you ego, know, ego, me, regret, yeah. remorse, fear, the past. And you, we have evidence of it all around us, addiction, depression, suicide. You know, we have all this evidence of how difficult that is, but we still speak like... It's difficult to love. It's mm-hmm. actually not that difficult mm-hmm. to love. True. What it's actually exhausting. We're actually li- built to. Mm-hmm. We're designed the to. Mm-hmm. The part that's challenging is learning how do you keep your attention on love and not mm-hmm. get distracted by the illusion, by this endless, you know, separation force that wants to keep us out of the light. So, yeah. well, that's a. Beautiful segue to my question. I have a question, which too. is, what's your question? First? Yeah, well, how do you stay awake mm. to being a servant to love? Mm. Well, again, so you know, I just got off of four days in a row of leading all employee meetings at four of our locations, and one of the things that I said is, you know, we've we've given so much power to those handheld devices, right? We've given so much power. Oh, the to one that went off two seconds ago in Maddie's hand it was reminding us <laughs> the cricket was like, "You left me on." Yeah, so we've given so much power to that, but we don't recognize that our mind is way more powerful than that vehicle. So one thing is, it's a vehicle. If you if you fill that vehicle with inspiration, if you fill that vehicle with things that motivate you, if you fill that vehicle with messages that inspire and call out the best in you, it's a powerful tool. If you don't, it's a huge distraction. Mm-hmm. But the power is we have to learn to transform our minds. We have to recognize, you know, the messages that are coming in that are attempting to diminish and distract and deflect. And then we have to make sure that what we listen to, you know, for us, obviously, what we listen to, what we eat, what we say, Mm -hmm. you know, the actions that we take, we have to always make sure that those are in alignment with the commitment that we have to be loving or to be kind or to be generous. And when not, we have to be the first to apologize. You know, I just, I was just 
yesterday aware of how there's so many thoughts that go across the mind, but it's the ones we engage with that we give residence to. to yeah. And so if you have a thought that's either scarcity or or mean, or, you know, I was having this conversation with Valentine the other day. It's like, just don't give it residence. Don't draw it in. Just let it go by. Mm-hmm. It will. And then shift your attention, which you have complete control over. Shift your attention to... Gratitude. Yeah. It's easy. Gratitude Mm -hmm. or generosity. Give something away. Do something for someone. But it's learning new practices that aren't our society's cultural norms. And in relationship, it means nonstop sacrifice. So how we sacrifice in relationship is either die to our pride and apologize... Mm, I'm still working on that one. And so, <laughs> I had these two in the car yesterday. Ap- <laughs> say sorry, say sorry. I'm like, apologizing about So, apology is a d- death of the prideful ego. Pride mm. is the number one ego that we're all dealing with. Pride and lust are the heavy, are the heavies. There are some <sighs> underlings, but pride and lust are the, the goons. Are the goons. And so, um, d- dying to our pride through apology or dying to our pride through forgiveness, like, hold no grudge. With whatever, whoever you're, no accountability, no ledger, well, you did this and you did that. Mm. No, that's forgive, like ongoing radical forgiveness. Those are the two ways you're constantly renewing any relationship or through that sacrifice. And I can imagine the, the best way to access that authentically is just to be having a practice which keeps you present in the present moment, such as meditation, rather than living in the past. And Tersi, what you said about like consciously choosing tools to inspire you around love and keep you in alignment with your commitment and, is so and smart. And consciously choosing your thoughts and which thoughts yeah, you're going to allow always. to have residency. Because that's constantly carving out perspective, which becomes our reality. And thank God we're in a day and age where we have so many resources, so many apps and podcasts and anything to keep us inspired in a certain direction. (laughs) And and don't forget the tool of prayer. Like that we have, there's all these, uh, there's all of these resources outside of our perceptive sphere that are cheering us on. Yeah angels and the divine mother and God and Jesus and a hundred million Buddhas and all <laughs> there's like, all, and we can pray because it, remember that prayed's another death. We have to, if we get on our knees and I, I actually literally mean get on your knees. Like if we get on our knees and say, I'm fallen, I'm possessed. Cause we all, you know that we're all possessed, right? Possessed by the ego. To a certain yeah. level. I mean, and you could talk about the more spiritual aspects of that, but yeah, and that to be to to ask for help, we mm-hmm. we have allies, we have allies that are want We're to help us, mm-hmm. but we have to be actually die to a little bit of pride to let them in. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like as well, living life with a spiritual context yeah. is the framework of being able to have that constant sustainable march with love. Yeah, because is love, is a spiritual. Yeah, love is yeah. spiritual. Love is a supernatural power. Mm-hmm. Spiritual. It's like you can't, it's the highest you can't hold it. Well, you can't love is see the experience of God. Yeah, it is. It is God it is. within is love. Boom. Yeah, That's totally. the definition. Yeah. That uh, we could just probably stop right there, but we're not going to. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, 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 no! We get. We I need have more a question. Um, I don't know if it's on here, but um, 
So you guys practicing this love embodied all the time. What does that feel like to, to live like that? Does it, do you do live without anxiety, without depression? Do you just like are so joyful in every moment? Is that how it no. is to live that way? <laughs> no. So remember, we're, we're also fallen beings, right? Mm-hmm. So we fight the same battle. So the key is just we're, we're more aware you know, if we're working on it, we're more aware. And, but you always, dying doesn't feel good because you've practiced it. It just always feels like death. So humility never gets like, oh yeah, I've got humility down. No, like humble now. And it just, in some ways you could say that the bar just keeps getting higher Mm -hmm. and higher because the things that I died to, you know, Back in the day. Back in the day, it just aren't issues anymore. Mm-hmm. But I got these new juicy big issues, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. now there's to die to those. That's a good point. And so it's it's a <laughs> moment-to-moment choice. It's an interaction-to-interaction opportunity. And yeah, so it's I would say it's never easy. Even though you know the reward on the other side is amazing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's still we're... We're human beings fighting that that battle, Mm -hmm. the warfare, and it still feels like there's something you have to give up. And when a defect dies, a virtue is born. So that when you create space for when that that defect dies, even it's just a little bit, something new is born. So what what does it feel like to have more generosity growing all the time? What does Mm -hmm. it feel like to have more love or or more? it, It feels great, but... The game is so big, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm, yeah. the love of the love of Matthew and the gap between the love of Matthew and the love of the Father, or or Christ, so is big. so huge that it seems like, it mm-hmm. seems like uh, a very slow progression. But no, it, it feels great to mm-hmm. not be given by greed like I was ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Right, and and mm-hmm. also too, I would say that you know pride is. Pride is insidious. And so if you begin to rest on your laurels or you think, I have that, you're back in pride, pride again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, spiritual so, pride is it's a tricky one. my downfall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, woo. Spiritual ego. Yeah, Very, it's huge. very tricky. Yeah. And do you think, uh, this is a question, I don't know, um, if, if you guys are, let's, let's say, raising your light quotient by just embodying more love and more light, do you find that there's actually more spiritual warfare waged against absolutely. you because absolutely. you're standing yeah. as the light? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. moss yeah, to a flame. Yeah, you're more under attack. You're yeah. more, yeah. yeah. The, the, the darkness doesn't care about uh, a 20-watt bulb. It might be more attracted to it even, you know, <laughs> because it's like it wants to... But but yeah, a hundred watt, watt bulb. It's oh. well, I mean, look what we've done to the lights through history. The lights in the world. We almost always killed them. Always. Yeah. yeah. Poor so, G- I, who could yeah. kill Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. No? yeah. yeah. Exactly. So we know that's the game that's afoot. Totally. Okay. So what are some practical tools you use daily to slay the ego, seeing as though that's the thing that keeps you from love? <clears throat> well, in the context of this talk, mm-hmm. which is about relationship, is constantly being humble, constantly being of service, constantly. If we have a, I have a mantra that says her upset or their upset is my meditation. Mm -hmm. So that's the game. Like if if my job is, if she's in a separation storm, if if she's got weather, if there's weather going on over here, my job is to hold space and be loved, not to fix, not to coach. We never are each other's coaches ever. That's the worst possible game. Just space holders, 
for each other's storms. So it sounds like so a main superpower is not taking things personally. Yeah, because it isn't personal. Well, only it's, the ego can be hurt. Remember that. Love can't be hurt, remember. So, so if you're hurt, that's you're not. in your ego. Mm-hmm. Hurt is just the idea that you and lost what, something. Which and is what an happens is when you're in your ego, right, that's when you begin to ju- defend or justify or to begin to build an arsenal. So, like, why would you be building an arsenal against someone you love, even someone you've chosen to spend the rest of your life with? Like, what's that about? Well, the, the enemy came to like rob, kill, and destroy. So that's where you are when that's what you're doing versus, no, I'm actually here to have your life be the best, have you be the highest calling of yourself. So who do I have to be? How do I show up to partner with that over there? It sounds like both of you are like completely dedicated to your individual spiritual practice and being of service to one another, but also taking responsibility for the upsets when they arrive to not take it personally, hold space and create it as an opportunity to be more in love and practice love rather than do what the ego wants to do and go running with it into separation. And it's not about getting what you want. Because oftentimes our wants are driven by our ego as well. It's really about living in the presence of love, which is self-fulfilling, but those around you experience the fulfillment too. Uh, I'm going to tell you a story. You'll you love get it. stories. You'll get love so stories. We drive to, we're driving to San Francisco in our car to, a relation, to give a relationship workshop. And there's brake lights up ahead. I'm, I'm driving fast. And Teresi says, brake lights, completely neutral. No, no panache, just brake lights. But I hear through my wound, through my ego, she thinks I can't drive. <laughs> so I blurt out, I know how to drive. Now she hears that through her wound of, I don't matter, or I'm not heard. And so so I she just, goes. I just go silent. She ah, just goes see silent. See if I care. Hit the car. And <laughs> so there's the enlightened couple driving to town to, to for their relationship. Give the relationship workshop in like suppress silence. Suppress silence. Right <laughs> now, so the behind on, the scenes, the only I love way that. out, the only way to restore is someone's got to sacrifice. Now, probably everyone's rooting. I'm the jerk, right? <laughs> I I was inappropriate with my, and so I I should go first, which I. I if I'm present enough, I will. I'm glad. But here's the game. She could also apologize because she could. You can always apologize for not speaking in a way that landed like an opportunity. Like okay? to put the brakes on. To put, the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's not true that we're 100 percent responsibility responsible for the condition of the relationship. It's just the only place you have any power. Either you're responsible or you're a victim, and victim is just going to lead to more chaos, more noise. So she could apologize, I could apologize. So the, what we were locked in, we call wow, wound on wound. And the oh, only way so out good. of wound on wound is apology, which requires the humility, the death of pride. See, that's how you always restore through sacrifice. That's mm-hmm. how anything is ever restored. In nature, in, any, in spi- any spiritual practice, in nature, if you look at nature, it's one nonstop sacrifice for the next generation, for the next generation. Like you prune a tree to get fruit next but, year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
that's the game is is humility and sacrifice and and, and, and dying to your pride. And what it feels like is, you know, when you think you're right, you know how rightness gets a grip on you, but that's what there is to give up. That's the sacrifice we're talking about. Rightness never is love in its fullness. We call being right the uh, the heroine Heroin. of human being. Because it's so addictive. We, we kill yeah. off families for being right. We kill off oh. everybody. You're so right about that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, this is... And just, just I'm trying to relate to those moments because obviously we all have wounds. And when it's wound on wound, that is the gateway into separation, which yeah. is the, you apologize, no, you apologize, you did this wrong, you did it wrong too, you did that last yeah. week. You did and I'm just trying to put myself in that, which is not that hard. And <laughs> I'm feeling a visceral, when you guys tell me the only way to serve love and to have that sustainable, truly authentic, powerful love in a partnership is to die to your ego and die to being right and die to the stubbornness of not apologizing first mm-hmm. or taking responsibility. I can feel a visceral like discomfort because yeah. I know you're right, but I'm so deeply conditioned or my ego is so kind of grippy onto, right. yeah, onto that. Um, it's like all I have. It's like life or death almost. And, uh, and that's I, what it, it feels death. like. It is it life is, or death. And we're it. saying, but Just that's die. the illusion. Yeah. Die because there's yeah. a life on the other side of death you don't have access to if you don't do the sacrifice. And the sacrifice is like, babe, I get it. I apologize. It shouldn't, I never, that's it. I never intended to activate your wound or I never intended to speak in a way that disrupted you. But why whatever. is that so because you're because uncomfortable for me to, to do? You because out. you're identified with your personality, yeah. the I, the I, mm. the I, the I, Amber I. Mm-hmm. That's is, the identity. That's actually the enemy. Mm-hmm. Like all you, all we take with us is our egos and our love capacity. The, the per, that amber thing is that's dying with the grave. Yeah, so stop def- stop defending it. And I, I got to say, your son, my husband, which I'm proud to announce, is <laughs> so it, he's so incredible when it comes down to me processing these discomforts of dying mm-hmm. to the ego mm-hmm. because he has had training and he yeah. has had you two as. Um, examples of mm-hmm. how to do this. And so I think that he holds a space where no one's playing with me. It's kind of like I'm over here bouncing mm-hmm. the, the ball and no one's hitting it back to me, which is brilliant. Because if I was, I've been in relationships previously where they haven't had training, they think it's all real and they're completely, they're constantly, yeah, and they're constantly feeding the story of mm-hmm. the past and the separation and to have someone mirroring back where I should be meeting them and can meet them is one of the most greatest blessings in well, relationship. Well, consider in the definition of love is willing the highest for another that he's actually loving you. Mm. He's saying, that's not who you are. He breaks sometimes. Of course he does, <laughs> right? That's <laughs> not who you. you are. Yeah. But this is, but you're training him in being a bigger, Holding bolder space. stands for love, mm-hmm. right? And your, your notice, weather is his. 
Meditation. 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 <laughs> and then notice when you, when you do, I mean, I was in the car yesterday when you did take the coaching and you said, I'm sorry. And he goes, wow, that sounds amazing. He's like, oh, that and feels, oh, so, feels good. so good. I just want to give because, you everything. Because he's actually seen who he knows you to be. Mm-hmm. That's what he's saying. It's not personal. And I'm meeting him in that yes. space where... And it's like there's this experience of love. What he's saying feels so good. Oh. This love feels so good. Mm-hmm. See, I think we want to personalize it. Love's not personal, mm. <laughs> but we want it to be personal. We want it to be just for me. To and feed only the ego, me. which yeah. is the thing, the sneaky thing, which is trying yeah. to keep you sneaky from it. Ego. Yeah. Just die already. It's not. It's just... Love is love. Mm. God, you guys are good. See what I mean? My ultimate manifestation. (laughs) No, that's a different conversation. (laughs) Maddie and I have had that argument as well. So one distinction about apology, we don't recommend you say, I'm sorry, sorry. It's like, I'm a sorry being. I I apologize. Apollo, you're like Apollo. Mm. You're taking responsibility. You're a god. It's like Mm -hmm. a god... Uh, function, you know, it's nice. I apologize. That makes a lot Love of that. sense and, to me because and, my reference to yeah, sorry is I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, okay, and that's but, probably my resistance yeah, be- to it. Because culturally we treat apology like, okay, like you give in. Okay, you're yeah, right. You lose I'm the battle. Wrong. I'm that's sorry. Not that's not it. It's simply saying, wow, I can see that my actions or inactions had an impact on you and I can take responsibility for that impact. So it returns you to a place empowerment of yeah. empowerment yes mm. but it's it's not ego empowerment it's like no i'm available for love over here mm. i'm willing to express reframing love. our definitions on words huge. like apology like sorry it's huge, huge. isn't it yeah. and, and remember it's it's just all you're ever saying is i apologize for going unconscious mm-hmm. i apologize for losing the plot of love mm-hmm. that's all mm-hmm. you're ever saying mm-hmm. and that's so easy to take responsibility for because how many times during the day do we not put love first and, we don't. And, and again this is another beautiful scriptural references but it's like to sin is to miss the mark of love that's what to sin is right which is just and going unconscious jesus demonstrated like just pour it out to me pour out all your missed marks of love right and i forgive you mm-hmm. I forgive you. I love you. Fill it back up with love. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me um, of like in Buddhism, how they'll see like an empty chair or they'll say become emptiness. It's like if you let it all out, yeah. then you're going to be filled up with love and yeah. God. Yeah. yeah. I know people are going to be thinking, I, I've had quite a few um, communications with our audience where they have a concern that they are on this page and can see relationships as the ultimate opportunity to evolve and get closer to love, but they're in a relationship where their partner doesn't have a spiritual practice Mm -hmm. and does not have the same perception of what we're discussing, love being, you know, truly work in in a... Well, sorry, we we, we got clear on that. It's not really work. It's work being (laughs) in separation. But... Um, what would you say to people who are in relationships where people where with a person who isn't working in the same framework? Okay, so I, here's what I'll say. I, I'll say it's an invitation. Now, here's what it is to be an invitation. To be an invitation is who I am is love, and I am here to serve. That's an invitation. So love is unconditional. Yeah. So, so it's no who matter I am what, is love, and I am here to serve. Yeah. So remember, when people are in some version of separation right? Some version of not love. They can't see and don't have access to 
the love. So the more you can just hold space for it, the more you can love and accept, the more you can be a place where they can pour out and not take it personally or make it mean anything, the more they can be filled with the love that you're growing and developing. In fact, I would say it's valuable to be in those kinds of environments, just like you were sharing with you and Carrie, The right? training ground. Because it's where you get trained. It's not trying to meet someone who's exactly where you are on the same level of love, growth, and development. No, love goes into dark places to be the light, right? But oftentimes too, when love comes in, it illuminates the darkness. Mm. So you actually have to be able to be okay with the darkness and love anyway. Love your enemies, And that's how the transformation takes place. And that doesn't mean you don't ask for what you want. You ask for what you want and are grateful for what you receive. (laughs) That's the game. And you ask for what you want and are grateful what you receive. Otherwise, it's expectation. That's not love. Mm. Or manipulation. It's manipulation. So, yes, for those viewers who think they're married to the Neanderthal man, that's just your... Love opportunity. That's your Zen master in just loving deeper. (laughs) So smart. You guys are so right. Yeah, you are so right. And here's the thing. That's the part that's so amazing is that's how you actually see. You start and it's kind of a faith experiment. You just love. And then all of a sudden you have this experience of love growing, love being reciprocated. That's... That's the glory of it. That's the miracle of it. That's, That's how adventure. love works. That's how love works. So you guys run Kindred Spirit Workshop. So um, I know we have to wrap up soon because you guys have to get on a flight. Can you be? Um, can you step me through very clearly the the main tools that you share with your audience in Kindred Spirit? So, so in this, what did you call this? Tools for uh, um, everlasting love. Everlasting love. Okay, so Kindred Spirit is our relationship workshop, but we're not talking about just intimate, committed Romantic. relationships. Mm-hmm. We're talking about all relationships: mm-hmm. boss, employee, coworkers, parents, brothers, sisters, roommates all people, right? Because we're always in relationship. So some of the primary tools, there's actually, I think, 10 tools in that workshop, but the primary tools are um, holding space. And holding space would look like the other person's going berserk. And And, instead of reacting and buying into the story, you just hold a space of love neutrally. Yeah, love. It's holding the seed of love in any weather. Yeah. Got it. And then (laughs) apology. Got it. Got to practice okay. that one, which is not taking things personally, yep. which is once taking again, responsibility taking for your responsibility, impact. not saying I'm sorry as in I lost the battle or yep. I did something wrong, but reframing that and using a, I apologize almost to empower you moving towards love. Well, you apologize. Yeah. To empower yourself too. Like you apologize. Because remember when to you die. apologize, you don't want, it's the sacrifice to like, no, I'm actually willing to be the embodiment of love. Mm-hmm. And you know what, Maddie, you, I mean, you guys are such brilliant coaches for me and I've turned to you a lot in times where I'm so in the story yeah. and in the upset that I can't see yeah. the truth of what we're discussing today. And Maddie, you once gave me brilliant advice, which is just practice, practice apologizing, yeah. practice every day, look yeah. for opportunities yeah. to, to apologize. Yeah. And that really helped me because it wasn't a it wasn't a word I was 
so familiar with. And every time I said it, I could feel a softening and I could feel it was getting easier and I was getting more familiar with that feeling and ability to move beyond the discomfort, the holding on, the the Leo pride. So just simply practicing these tools on a daily is you can sharpen them and get to well, this place. Well, and that's the impact. Like these are the tools to be able to help people because, you know, we, people go to the gym. A gym membership makes no difference if you don't go to the gym and lift the weights. You have to practice that and you have to do it repetitively over time. And then what do you get? New muscles. Mm-hmm. That's right. But you're like, wow, where'd that muscle come from? <laughs> the same thing is true in this. You're building the muscle of you being able to stay in love and not get distracted by all the efforts and attempts mm-hmm. to dislodge you from that so making requests so that's like matthew said ask for what you want be grateful for what you get is there an order in which these should be applied no okay what i recommend for people is the one when if you're listening to this or if you read our book kindred spirit flip through it pick the ones that currently speak to you like based on where you are in your growth and development pick the one that currently speaks to you, practice it. When it becomes a tool that you have the ability to use, pick a second one, pick a third one, and just move through it. So pretty soon you have like this whole toolkit of tools that you can utilize in you know all of your relationships. So the next one's acknowledgement or praise. Like, but can, can I go back? Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, Maddie, but can I go back to the, the request one? Yeah. Because I just want to be clear with it. This is actually fun. I'm quite good at this one. When, well, yes. here's the thing. Amber, you got to do the inner... Before you make the request, you have to do the inner work to be okay with yes, no, or a counteroffer. Mm. Or no, or it's not the a clause. request. I'm not sure about that clause. Yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> Shouldn't have asked uh, the clarification. Otherwise, it's, it's manipulation or it's a demand or it's... Expectation. Expectation. And that's just going to cause you to suffer, you know. That's true. That's true. There's I want a VW freedom. Canter. Yeah. Are you okay with yes? Are you okay with no? Mm. Are you okay with a counteroffer? You know, it's, you got to do that work. That's or true. It's, That's or it's not real. And That's sometimes true. when you're just learning to do this, you, again, your partner may not understand this. So you have to say, hey, listen, babe, there's a question I want to ask you, and I want you to know I'm okay if you say yes. Of course, I'd love you to. I'm okay if you say no. I've had to work on that one. And I'm okay if maybe you have a counteroffer or a better idea. Mm-hmm. Here's my request. That's really Set people nice. up because That's people feel idea. trapped by requests. Yeah, you're and right. so we have this culture where people say yes, but they don't really mean mm, it. I do that sometimes. Yeah. And then they're trapped <laughs> by their yes. Or they can only say no and they don't have the freedom to say yes because they feel like, oh, someone's going to take advantage of me. Mm-hmm. Or There's no freedom. If There's only freedom if you can say yes, if you can say no. Then there's freedom, and both are both are powerful. But if you can only say yes, your no is not powerful. If you can yeah. only say no, your it yes only counts is if it's authentic, yeah. and both people are playing the game in a real, authentic way. So a request would come when, for instance, um, Carrie gets so bogged down with work and distracted. I was telling you about this that often when we do get a chance to be together, he's so in the mindset of distraction that he's not present with me. Yeah. And it's very easy to take that personally and and not the second I see it, break it down and create an opportunity for love. So in that moment, my request could be, I would love you to be more present with me. Well, or you like, could, That's a typical request, yeah, right? Yeah, well, going to be okay or, if he says no? Uh, yeah, so it, it might even be more like this. What are you grateful for? That's a tool to bring someone into the present moment. 
or it mm. might be, hey, babe, I really want to have some quality, present time with you. Could you turn your phone off? Will you um, let me know when you're, you know, I, I get that you're distracted from work. You just got home and you want to just... Um, check you, out. Check out or decompress, whatever. And <laughs> let me know when you're ready. Or nice. let's spend five minutes together just sitting quietly before we attempt to, you know, connect as a couple mm. and talk about our day or mm. whatever. Like... Are you up for that? Would you be willing to do that? Just- and you know, when Carrie reverses that and requests something of me, it's it's very relieving. I like to have something clear and poignant that I know I can deliver that then makes me feel like I'm contributing yeah. to, to well, our relationship. Most people are afraid to make a request because mm. they don't want to hear no. So they don't make the request. So then they revert to manipulation or expectation. Yeah. yeah. Passive aggression. And, and people no. forget that making a request empowers the other person. You're actually saying, hey, here's a way you can contribute. Mm. And most people are looking for how can I contribute, especially to people who are high-powered, effective, you know, Thought changers, they want to know how to contribute. Mm. And so making a request is a way of saying, here are all these different ways you can contribute. And people will, in fact, get on board for that. Such a good tool. Maddie, you were going to give us another one. Oh, acknowledgement acknowledgement or praise. Oh, Oh, I love getting that. Yeah, like (laughs) praise. We all do. I love giving it as well. But praise or acknowledgement in our distinction, it's it's as powerful for the person giving than receiving because you're realigning yourself with their divine nature rather than your story about them. So you're always acknowledging for a way of being, not a doing. So, for instance, if Carrie did the the shopping... You wouldn't acknowledge him for doing the shopping. You'd acknowledge him for his commitment or his devotion to the family. Or, or his kindness or thoughtfulness. Yeah, but I clear that up. Bad example. Yeah. Yeah. Bad example. <laughs> if he took out the trash. <laughs> Sometimes starts a bath for me. Yeah. Is that good? Yeah. Oh, by the way, one of our secrets, so I don't forget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, in 16 years, okay, in 16 years, we've probably taken a bath together at the end of the day. Probably out of each of those 16, is it 16 years? Yeah. I would say 325 days. Well, of the year. Whenever we're together. Whenever there's we're together and whenever we're separate. It's like a rule, a, like a religious. And it's funny, I'll come f- home from a trip or something and I'll say, babe, did you take a bath? No. I'm Aww. like, really? You're kidding Alone? me. Yeah. No. Why would I do I that? I love that. So that's so a sweet. ritual that you've yeah. put it's in place yeah. that yeah. brings you into presence. Yeah. Is It's meditative as well. Or hot tea together at oh, yeah. four. Oh, yeah. Tea at four is Aww. another one. Lovely a little British guys. influence. <laughs> <laughs> a little bicky. English breakfast and a little bicky. Yeah. Love it. Cheerio. Cheerio. Yeah. Cheerio. I love that. So that, that's brilliant. That's a great piece of advice to find a ritual in your partnership that you enjoy, that you can both share to continuously on the daily bring you into that place of just presence. And I think it's really fun once you know the tools to use it as a Super game fun. and it is a as game. an adventure to yeah. see how you can refine them to see as a ch- I like to have challenges so to apply this as homework as a challenge yeah. is great so here's one that you know cuz you do it right but you may not you may not recognize it as a tool right but you keep everything in your space something that you love if you look around your house you love everything you see and it's beautiful it's not true for a lot of people right mm. but that's powerful it's the same thing. It's like you're surrounded by, and we always tell people, if you have things in your space that you don't love, if you're not relishing it, release it. Mm-hmm. 
because that space, somebody else could be relishing that, and that space could be filled with something that you would relish. She, she moved into our abundance you. workshop. She no, just... but I, I'm saying that because it's a <laughs> That's tool. the next episode. <laughs> I'm saying that because it's a tool that you utilize, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a way of feeding you so that you're in a great space. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't like it when your house is all trashed. You don't like that, mm-hmm. right? The resonance test, unless it lights you up. Yeah. Get rid of it. Mm-hmm. That's I got that from the um, the book, The Magical Art of Tidying Up. Mm. Such a good book. Mm. Love that. That's great. But that's true with thoughts too. But thoughts the yes. same way. If your thoughts aren't serving yes. you, you're thinking them. Because you're thinking them. Mm-hmm. And so you is acknowledgement the last main mm-hmm. tool? Well, there's this whole series but of tools. But we want to leave we them hungry. Just, yeah. We were just going to go over the top four or five. So it's really, you know, holding space, mm-hmm. making requests, acknowledgement, apology, I mean, transparency. Yeah, no, that's a big one. Huge one. Big one. That's it, the gateway to freedom. Yeah. Be feeling yeah. safe enough to, to be transparent. Yeah. So right. both people have to be playing that game. Well, well, not, okay. necessarily. well not necessarily. No, you're right. Because remember, only the ego can be hurt. That's true. So yeah. if you're love, if you're love looking at I'm love and sometimes I identify with jealousy or whatever, whatever it is, mm-hmm. I mean, who cares? Like... Who cares? You're just actually exposing the ego. You but know. people think that in order to be accepted, they have to be perfect and that no, yeah, the that human thought, condition isn't light and dark. You should Don't just let be, that thought in. No, exactly. <laughs> but here's the thing. Down boy. The people that we're closest <laughs> to in our lives Sit. are the people we've been more transparent, most yeah. transparent with. Yeah. So you want closeness? Be transparent. If you don't want closeness, don't be transparent. But Another great book, Scary Close. And transparency is such a brilliant tool to... Um, create a space where things drop off that don't resonate. Yeah. It's, uh, but was, it's well, they're just not you. So it has it not resonated. They're just not you. Mm. They're not you. It's not the way you created. It's not who you really are. It's something you've picked up along the way, usually as a compensation for some experience of not enoughness. This is, these are brilliant. One, another for, one really one takes some transparency. It's called checking in. Like, hey, how am I doing at being your husband? Do you have any coaching oh, for me? I do that. It's called my, checking in. Yeah, I that's, do that every that's week. Good, that's a good one. Yeah. I do that every week. That's a do really you? powerful one. And the hard bit is, is doing that. <laughs> exactly. And them saying, well, you know, like I often go, so babe, how are you feeling? How can I be a better wife? How, how are you feeling in our relationship? And of course I ask it thinking I've behaved that week and <laughs> yeah, he's going right. to give me you know, five gold stars. It's like, oh yeah, about a seven out of 10. And I'm like, what? Wait, no, it shouldn't okay. be a rate. We wouldn't be recommend a rating. Okay, great. <laughs> quick, quick story, good example of this, all right? Oh my so God. pretty pretty early on in our relationship, I had this, you know, we were practicing. We do these, we practice these tools too, as well as teach them and share them with other people. And so I was in the bathroom. We lived just before Cafe Gratitude. <laughs> Maddie just shot himself in the head, I, by the way. <laughs> I lived, we lived in a cute little, you know, two-bedroom house in Petrol Hill in San Francisco, pre-gratitude, bridge-to-bridge view, super sweet, nice. going to yoga every day, you know, eating honeymoon. vegetarian, yeah, the honeymoon phase of life. And I remember I was in the bathroom, and I asked the question, I said, babe, what's something, what's something that you want to tell me that you've never told me before? Uh-oh. <laughs> I've done that before. It's, it's not going to be something well. inspiring and uplifting and complimentary, right? I thought she was asking for the shadow. <laughs> and he says to me, oh, well, sometimes there's like a little hair growing out of your chin and I get kind of hooked. <laughs> I like, get hooked. <laughs> and I, so I go, 
Now I'm super, I go, wow, that's so awesome because I can't see them anymore. So from now on, I'll just give you the tweezers. You can pluck them out <laughs> for me, right? But I had to, mm. you know how you feel like your breath's being taken away? Like that's what he's noticing? <laughs> yes. But anyway, so. You can always you count know, on Maddie. And it's just say it how it is. It's <laughs> important that we laugh at ourselves. It's good. It's lightness. important that we laugh at ourselves. Yes. Don't forget to laugh. Yes. Yeah. Lightness is yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Really good. Oh. So I would say Kindred Spirit Book mm-hmm. is like a powerful tool. You can get it on Amazon. We do Kindred Spirit Workshop. We do it every year on our farm in Maui. We do that in the winter here. So this year it's January. April. Oh, oh, in January. January. End of January, yep. Yeah. Which we will put the link to, by the yeah, way. Great. Yeah, so and then we're also get... doing it in uh, Northern on California and our, our farm in California. So it's like an in-residence course. You just get to dive in, really do this work. And again, like I said, it doesn't. It's not just for romantically romantic couples. It's for all, all relationships. relationships. And nice. then you have another retreat on the farm, Beloved Farm. In April. In April. Oh my End gosh, guys! If you have ever, if you haven't heard about Beloved Farm, it is a sanctuary oasis. It's just it's like a utopia heaven on earth. earth. I know. It's incredible. Okay, great. And so, is there anything else you guys are getting up to that you want to share with our audience? I mean, try out the restaurants, Cafe Gratitude, Gracias Madre, seriously high vibin, vegan, organic, organic. superfood. One of the only places where I really feel good eating out. You know? Which you guys are responsible as well for embedding this avant-garde culture of um, sacred commerce, which we just, yeah, yeah. in the business, but also you walk into a space and you're involved in the, um, activating the experience of love. So the waiter comes over and says, what are you grateful for? And inspires loving conversation, the menus and affirmations. I love that you force people to affirm. They're beautiful. They're they're gracious. They're liberated. They just offer it as an option. It's an invitation. It's an invitation. I like that. Um, So is there anything else you guys want to share that you're up to? That's about it. You're going to put the links to yep, the farm. I'll put the links stuff. in. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back and talk about uh, abundance. Transparency or abundance, yeah. We'll talk about, yeah, scarcity and abundance. And that'd be good. Ooh, that's the money, a good the one. The money conversation. Ooh, we would devil. love to have you guys back anytime because you are a true, like, spring of, of real knowledge. <laughs> thank so thank you. you. I thank love you guys love so you. much. I just, I feel so, so lucky and grateful to have you in my life. We I feel the same. Cry right now. <laughs> so thanks, guys, for joining yeah, us. Um, thank you, guys. Thirsty did. Oh, absolute pleasure any day. Tirsty did offer our audience an invitation a little bit earlier in our session, which was these tools that we've discussed today. Pick one that resonates most with you that you perhaps aren't the best at, not the one you're the best at, the one that you need to do some work on and exercise that. And then once you feel like you've ruled that a little bit, then jump onto the next one and continue until you're in a space where these tools are closer to second nature than the alternative, which yep. it's not good. Yep. And remember, don't get caught in making yourself wrong. Like if you, as you begin to become aware, you'll first be aware of, wow, how often you get caught up in your ego or in being right. And then begin to use those as beacons that guide you back into, okay, I'm going to practice being love here. 
Reset. Yeah. yeah reset. Doesn't matter if you have a minute like, reset. A yeah, daily your reset. GPS. You know, mm-hmm. just re- redirecting. <laughs> redirecting. And it to makes a, a U-turn, right? <laughs> Matthew gets quite a few redirectings <laughs> on the GPS. <laughs> oh, cute little Maddie. Well, Amazing. thank you so much, guys, thank and you. thank you everyone who's listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't hesitate to share it. Leave us a comment on iTunes. You are part of this conversation, and we're so grateful for your support and you being on this journey with us. Thank you. So Thank until you. next go week, go be love. Go be love. Go, go seven and be love. Visit our website, themotherlovingfuture.com for more information. And please leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you like what you hear. We read every single review and comment, and we are so grateful for your support. See you next week.